I kind of like this C-3PO coffee mate container. So is that the one that rolls around and beeps, or is that the metal dude? That is the metal dude. Okay. Um, oh, so this is in reference to the uh, picture I sent you from Target. Yes, it is, along with the um, topic idea of Disney has no shame about promotional product tie-ins. Uh, that, that would be accurate. So this was a picture I sent you from uh, a late night uh, Target run because uh, I enjoy uh, wandering the halls or the, uh, the aisles uh, when Target's like a deserted wasteland. Yeah, I, I've kind of recently discovered that as well, the kind of late night weekday retail shopping, um, especially in a crowded area like the Bay Area. It, it's kind of nice to go when the crowds aren't quite so big. It's certainly true. And and Target is always because Target's so weird because it like they're not like they try to be as mass market appeal as they can possibly be. So it always makes like their their grocery section is kind of like the most pared down like essentials that like you can distill from like your standard Safeway or um standard supermarket. So you know whatever they carry is kind of what's supposed to be what everybody's buying. And it's just it's 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 just weird to see. So the Disney thing. So Star Wars tie-ins have been everywhere. And, and not to derail my own topic, but what's what's the deal with um, companies? Like it looks like they buy advertising together. Uh, like co co branding, co marketing. Yeah, like I don't even mean like now that Star uh, Star Wars uh, Sports Center has like built they like they've integrated movie trailers and advertising like into the actual broadcast. Like where it's not a commercial break, but it's inside of Sports Center. Have you seen that? I have. I have not seen that. No. Like that. That. That seems crazy making to me. But I've seen an increasing trend in companies that will uh, market. They're they're selling like a standard consumer good, and they will do it wrapped around or incorporating elements from a popular movie. And this has been um, uh, something that's keeps on happening like and i just don't know like are they splitting the advertising cost is the company that's trying to market something to you just trying to bank off like the goodwill and um buzz around the upcoming movie like that i never understand this kind of stuff i I think that's kind of the way that it works there there's either kind of money flowing both directions or maybe sort of a understanding that you know no money is flowing but you're promoting one another's product or movie or what service whatever yeah i I think that's that's a relatively common thing i think but yeah no i I haven't seen um the specific example you're talking about yeah but anyway like in inside of target i think i passed by and i'm not exaggerating 20 items that were co-branded or like this weird like uh there was some star wars theme to it and these were non-toy items. So this included, uh, like, there were many bags of potato chips. There were soft drinks. There was this uh, Nestle Coffee Mate, and I genuinely don't know what that is. Is, it, is that just coffee cream? <laughs> kind of, although... What's is it, strange is it coffee about... in a bottle and you just, like, add water and milk to it? Or what, what is it? No, so it's a, it's a creamer or a, a flavoring agent, as you would probably more likely say. Um... And it, it's, it's, I think some of them are dairy-based and then some of them aren't. Like, we, we have the little small containers of this at work in the little coffee area, and they aren't refrigerated. 
<laughs> so, so how could it be dairy based? Is so I'm thinking. Well, so I'm. I think those are not dairy based. But like the picture that you showed, is I. Th- I think this is in the refrigerated section. Is it not? Yes, sir. So, uh, but they're, they're very sugary and um, they don't. Most of them don't really taste that great. So, it's. I'm not. I'm not big into the coffee mate. Yeah. But anyway, like it. It just seems. Uh, it just seems so strange to me. Like, isn't don't uh, entertainment companies and most people like worry about diluting their brand? Ever like I know you want to build brand awareness, but isn't isn't there a certain level to which there's diminishing returns and you do more harm than good? Oh, sorry, I have other pictures. Hold on, let me because uh, I knew there was more than this. Um, I, I think that might be a concern, but I think with Star Wars and what a big event this new movie is, I don't, I don't really think that's that's a worry. <sighs> I think it has to be. I, I don't know. Like, because w- when you're co branding uh, Chex Mix with R2D2 and you have your own line of uh, Star Wars spatulas, I think that sort of uh, dilutes an institution in American culture a little bit. So, we have a, a couple of um, couple things here. So, so, first, that's not R2D2 on the Chex Mix bag. This is BB 8, which is a droid in the new movie. Oh, no, I'm just talking about Star Wars in general. Well, but, let, I mean, let's just be clear here. And then the, the Star Wars spatula, I think, is kind of cool. So you're the problem. I'm, and I, I, mean, am, I mean that I in the, the nicest problem. way. Oh, no, I, I, totally, I totally am the problem. Because also, this, and this has been a pervasive theme for like the past month. So I was at Best Buy, and I had to make an exchange or a return on something. And at the returns counter, there was a uh, Darth Vader Bluetooth speaker. So... Just at what at what point do you kind of stop and reevaluate your life, Bob Iger, or 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 is this George Lucas? Who 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 is who bears the the responsibility for this mess? Well, I think it's Disney now. I mean, even on the Star Wars spatula, Disney the Disney logo is is prominently featured on the box. So does George Lucas have any? Has he washed his hands of this whole thing? Like, does he have any creative input in any of this? No. So he's just done. Yes. Or, I mean, he's not done. I mean, he's sleeping on piles of money. Yes. But. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. Um, well, so I, I like this stuff, but I, I would never really buy this stuff. I, I would maybe try the, the Chex Mix, but I, I would not purchase the spatula. I can appreciate it from a distance, but I, I myself would not purchase it. So I guess for me, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm growing weary of walking into a store and being advertised to in the wrong way in the sense that I understand that uh, like a retail store is nothing but see a sea of advertisement in the sense that every product is advertising itself. But I'm tired of consumer goods advertising other consumer goods. Like that just seems, seems nuts to me. Hmm. Like much in the same way. Um, also, I'm going to send you one final thing. Because this was unrelated, but um, made no sense to me. Because it speaks to my whole uh, the the um, like one of the overriding themes of this uh, for me of this podcast, which is video games are hard now, and that video games have gotten weird. Oh uh, well, this <laughs> so, so this what, is what, a yeah. This is, what this exactly is... is two XP mean? <laughs> so this is um, a Call of Duty three or Black Ops three rather sticker on a bag of doritos jacked <laughs> also what is doritos jacked 
Are, is this is this America? <laughs> it, it's not clear. But no, so that this this video game tie-in, specifically this type of tie-in, this has been around for a long time. This has been around since like the Halo Two days. Well, this was not involved in Duck Hunt. Mario has never <laughs> been on a bag of Doritos. I really hope not. Don't tell me if he has. I I, I have not seen that. Is is Yoshi not on a bag of Fun Dip or something? No, this is... that's that's a missed opportunity. If if they're not, <laughs> maybe that maybe that's why Nintendo's suffering. <laughs> maybe um, no. So th- this is where there's a code on the back of this sticker and you can enter this code when playing the game and you'll earn twice the number of experience points that's what that's what the xp stands for uh, whenever you're you're playing with the code that's included with the bag there was um i, I mentioned that the halo 2 um kind of like was the earliest memory i have of this and that was at the time um it was mountain dew gamer fuel and it was, was that before it was called MTN Do? I believe so. Yes. Okay. And um, yeah, I actually went out. I went out of my way to uh, find this gamer fuel, and uh, it, it was it was not great. It was pretty gross. I just why can't anything be easy anymore? Hmm. What do you mean by that? Just why can't anything? It is so much about. I don't want to make this like super, uh, super vague and like uh, theoretical, but like, why is everything so? Why is nothing what it is anymore? Like, why can't like you seem like you can't buy any any game that's not riddled with in-app purchases? You can't ever buy anything anymore for it to just be something. You're you're referring specifically to video games. I'm talking about video games. I'm talking about uh, just everything, man. Um, well, the video game thing is is an interesting one because it, it's the means of delivery that's changed. You know, con- con- consoles didn't used to be connected to the internet at all, and then you know, even on the PC side, you had a very limited dial-up modem, so you really couldn't push any content post-release. But now you have the opportunity to do so. And with games becoming increasingly more expensive and margins getting thinner and thinner, you know, providing continuous content after the initial release is a means of, you know, continuing to try to profit from that game. But I don't necessarily even mean DLC because I can understand that, like, back in 1987, when you bought Super Mario Brothers for the SNES, like, you're buying a game and it doesn't get bigger. Like, I can understand the fact that now you can enhance a game through downloadable content. My issue is that you, depending on the channel and the of the other products that you might buy, many of which are not related at all to video games necessarily, you get like an advantage or you get like, like the game isn't the same for everybody unless you consume an entire like the like the GDP of Ghana or something. That well, yeah, that that's an interesting point. I mean, most like, like of the... why should you be why should you be rewarded with double like the experience points because you bought a bag of like carbs? So, like this down the idea of downloadable content sort of falls into two categories, or maybe I guess maybe three categories. There's maps and additional content, which is strictly supplemental to like the base game. There's cosmetic stuff so it's stuff that does alter the existing in-game content but it's strictly just 
um, visual. So, you know, different outfits, different characters, whatever. Um, and then there's like this third category, which is this, you know, double XP thing that we're talking about with Call of Duty. And the point that you bring up about that third type is something that a lot of people get a little worked up about, which is allowing people to essentially pay a bit of extra money for an additional advantage. Um, another example of this is some multiplayer games you'll see where you can literally just kind of pay your way to progress quicker, which is, I guess, kind of similar to this this double XP thing. But you, you can lit- literally just buy, like extra levels for your character and that that kind of stuff people do um again get a little worked up about well that i don't have, i don't necessarily even mean all that like all that i and also i should clarify that i'm not somebody i don't own any game consoles i'm not a, a video game player or consumer but like i've seen all these things where if you buy a video game at best buy versus gamestop or something you get different like exclusive downloadable things that it varies depending on place of purchase. So it seems like it's not like a level playing field. Well, a lot of that stuff tends to just be like visual or like an additional piece of content. So it's not going to impact, like if you bought the game at a different retailer playing with someone who bought the game at a, at another retailer, it's not going to impact your experience necessarily. Well, then what about... Because I've I've also heard that like they're depending on whether or not you buy a game that's that happens to be on PS4 and also Xbox that certain maps are only available on certain consoles or there's like an exclusivity period depending on which game developer struck up which partnership with uh, which console maker. Yes, I guess I just don't get why it has to be so complicated or or why it has to be so weird. Well, that, I mean, virtually every big title that comes out now is cross-platform. There are fewer and fewer big-name games which are platform-exclusive. Well, are any big-name games ever platform-exclusive unless they're first-party games? Virtually never. There are a handful, like Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is a game that just came out last week, is an Xbox One exclusive, at least for the next year. Um, and that that's not a first party game, but that is a game that, you know, Microsoft presumably played a lot of money uh, to the developer to keep exclusive for a year. Uh, but with, you know, exceptions like that aside, most games now come out at least on the Xbox One and PS4, if not those two plus the PC. And <laughs> I was you know, making be- sure you didn't say Wii U. No, no, no. <laughs> and, be- you know, because of that, you have to try to come up with ways to differentiate your platform. Um, and especially with this generation, the Xbox One, the PS4, they're built on exactly the same x86 architecture. Graphics, by and large, are the same across both. Uh, increasingly, the types of online services that both offer are very similar. So you really have to kind of try to find ways to differentiate your platform and incentivize people to choose to play whatever game on your platform and things like bonus maps or bonus characters what you're referring to is you know one of the ways that that's being done and overall your your reading is that this doesn't unnecessarily frustrate the customer or at least it hasn't got to the point where if people are angry about it these these points that you that you're making about the XP maybe being an unfair advantage and about the the buying process being convoluted. These these are points that I've heard mentioned a lot, but I not not to the scale where 
it seems like it's going to change anything. No, but I, I just mean in the sense that like, just why isn't it the same everywhere? And why, why is it like, why are these, why are there these variables? Nobody really cares. People just accept it as part of the game. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Hmm. And this is why I don't play video games. Hmm. Fair enough. All right, let's let's uh, pivot this conversation. Okay, should we should we start the show? The show we are we live? Yeah, because we're we're cutting all that out because that that went nowhere. Okay, yeah, we'll cut we'll cut most of this out. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, just video games are are a sore subject with me. I just think it's all getting way too complicated and way too hard. Like a lot of things in life. Well, you're I mean you're old, so it's you know. I am, but video game days are are way behind you. Having fun shouldn't be a chore. Ooh, can I tell you a video game I've been really into? <laughs> yes, you may. Okay. It's been out for a while, but I've I've gotten back into it. Um, have you played Alto's Adventure before? No, but I have heard of it. It's a fantastic game uh, that uh, started out on the iPhone and iPad um, and it's got, got super popular and it's now also available on Apple TV. Uh, so I'd recommend that you download it because Apple, because for so many reasons, everything has to be a universal app now. So you can get it for almost nothing. Uh, I mean, because you already own, you'd already have owned it. Um, and it's super fun. And it's a single, like all you do, the only user interaction is just a single tap. So it works it really well on the TV. And you just have to uh, collect llamas. And it's like a snowboarding slash uh, llama herding game. Oh, those, that, yeah, that's my favorite uh, favorite <laughs> crossover. It, it's your favorite subgenre, yeah. But I know it sounds lame, but it, it's beautiful and great and good music and super simple and addictive and it's super, it, it's it's very fun. I'd strongly recommend it. Well, since you don't have an Apple TV, how would you know it works well on the TV? Um everybody's said it so far. And again, because the controls, I think uh Jason said it's good and um many other people did and also it's just it's dead simple cuz it's only one. It's it's just tapping. I was just trying to give you a hard time about not owning an Apple TV. No, I'm still fine, man. I, I don't care. Again, because because we didn't talk about this last week, but until it becomes HDMI input one and has some type of integration into uh, cable TV or live television, which I know it never will unless it's all like a, a VOD or over the top service. It like it's just not going to work. Like I wouldn't prioritize that type of device. The new Apple TV, I would strongly doubt, is much better at playing netflix than the old one well you know the the whole idea of live tv reminds me so i finally gave that um exponent show a try that you've that you've been recommending Mm -hmm. i really liked it um and one of the things that ben thompson on this most recent episode brought up was something that i've been trying to say on the show and i guess i or i feel like i haven't ever articulated it all that well but like people's clamoring for services like that like getting live TV on your Apple TV and thinking that that's somehow going to be like cheaper than what you pay today. Oh, not at all. It, it's not going to be the case. It, it really, like the way that he phrased it, which I thought was good, was it's really just going to become a kind of reshuffling or reallocation of the existing money that you pay. And he, he even speculated that, and I kind of tend to agree with this, you may even end up in a situation where you end up paying more. Of course. But you're just, you're just instead of paying $160 lump sum you're paying $220 10 to $15 at a time correct and discovery is worse because now you have to be opted into whichever provider you want to watch content from so just happening upon 
different content is going to be way harder. So no, so I, I that's the thing. Like I, I, I don't think Comcast is your friend. I don't think they're providing like some amazing deal. But I do think the bundle works for a large amount of people, and more widely watched content will often subsidize less watched content. And I think people who think they're going to be able to just pay ten dollars for Netflix and four dollars a month for the Food Channel or whatever things they happen to care about are, are kind of kidding themselves. Yeah, and you know some of the examples that Ben used um, were interesting because he he threw out like he's a NBA fan, so he used the NBA as an example and was describing something where you know maybe the NBA instead of signing these big TV contracts would sell directly to customers for like you know something like ten dollars a month. Um, and what's funny about and I'm sure he was just kind of using that number just as an example, but. Yeah, like what's funny about that number is that the NBA already offers something similar to this NBA League Pass. And, you know, that's $200 a season as is. So, and, you know, they're charging that in addition to having these um, large TV contracts with ESPN and Turner Broadcasting. So, I mean, imagine how much something like that would cost per season and then obviously dividing that by month. If the NBA wasn't also getting all this money from the big um, sports networks, I mean, that'd, that'd be a, that'd be five hundred dollar a season, five hundred buck a month, you know, per season thing. But wouldn't that's wouldn't somehow that money also get funneled back into because then wouldn't the NBA become the like content producer? Like they would be doing the ones making in house content to wrap around the games. So like the sports analysis, a lot of that would be them. And wouldn't the sponsorship money just flow right back to them? And wouldn't the wouldn't there be advertising that is shipped in like because most of the money that uh, an ESPN or a TNT will pay for the rights to broadcast um, uh, like a year's worth of sporting events, most of that is paying for the eyeballs that are going to watch the advertising that they're able to sell against that. So I don't, how would that end up in less money in the sense that? the NBA would cut out the middleman. Like, I don't think when somebody buys an over-the-top service or, like, video-on-demand stuff that they're expecting it to be ad-free unless it's, like, a Netflix. So if I'm watching, if I pay, like, if somehow next year, if God willing, there was a way to watch the Giants in market with video-on-demand, I would want there to be ads because I, baseball is, like, like, there's long breaks in baseball. So I don't understand how money would be lost. It would just be cutting out the middleman, which currently in that point is TNT. Well, for perspective, you know, the NBA just signed a new TV deal. Well, uh, when was this? Was it earlier? It was last year, about, about this time last year. And it's a nine-year, $24 billion deal. That's, that's a who? lot. Or is that just with everybody? Th- that's with ESPN and Turner. So wait, how many, how many years? Nine years, $24 billion. So, you know, some, some quick some quick math here. That's Hold two, on. Are you sure that's right? I, I'm looking at the article right now. Two, so that's $2.6, almost $3 billion per year. Does that include postseason rights? Yes. Okay. All right. Then that's, that seems maybe. But that's, you know, the, also on top of that, you'd have to throw in all the local TV contracts. You know, the Lakers have a $2 billion contract alone with Time Warner Sportsnet in Southern California. So, you know, you add up all of those, and then on top of this national TV deal, 
I mean, that's that's a lot. It's a lot of subscribers you got to get to sign up to to make up for that, and a lot of additional advertising you'd have to sell directly. Okay, but again, here's the deal: like TNT uh, and these these networks are not they're not taking a loss on this, which means that either the subscriber revenue or the advertising revenue covers it. So eliminating the middleman, the advertising dollars are just going to flow elsewhere. I, I, yeah, I, I don't really know what the the economics of it are. Although, I mean, especially on TNT, when you watch games, it seems like the NBA, in a lot of ways, is a vehicle to promote other shows on their network. So, like, like the librarians. <laughs> yes, I don't know um, what that show's about. But I don't. It either. has a great name. But you know, especially during the spring, as you get to the end of the regular season and throughout the postseason, I mean, TNT, virtually every broadcast, every other commercial is. Um, uh, an ad for one of their summer shows. They're really into the whole summer action series. Okay, and TNT could then, if they no longer had the NBA, could pay uh, the NBA, NBA's like digital media arm to promote their shows on NBA broadcasts. The system works. I don't know. That, that seems like a lot of, it's just a lot of money to have to make up per year. Yeah, I I agree, but I anyway. So this was going back to Apple TV. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> Again, that's that's why I don't care about the new Apple TV at all. Because one, I don't like talking to my electronics usually, unless I'm telling Siri to set the timer. I I, I don't like talking to it. Um, yeah, the the Siri inter- we should come back to that. The Siri integration in the new Apple TV is strange. Like I'm sure it's fine, but it's very it's just very limited. Well, sure, but but. I that I don't want to talk to my television set. Apple TV for us is a box that we can airplay to occasionally and watch Netflix on. And to me, that means the TV sits on HDMI one and that's on the TiVo. So spending another hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars on a new Apple TV is is uh, not not on my radar. Well, fair enough. Well, then yeah, go ahead and give me your. Uh, two or three weeks in a uh, review of the Apple TV. So what's, what's the deal with Siri? It's, it's, it's limited. I mean, it really all it does is that universal search. You really can't use it in any other context. So, you know, if you're within a specific app and you want to search for something, you can't voice search. Um, you have to use the horrific keyboard thing. Um, and, you know, just, just like Siri on the phone or the iPad, it, it, it just doesn't work reliably. It just doesn't hear everything you say or it'll misunderstand what you're saying. Does it have timeouts or in the sense like, you know, like when there's um, this kind of you say something and you think everything's going fine, but there's just kind of like a three second pause because there's just some weird network latency going on? No. So that that part's better on the, the TV. And a lot of people commented on that at the event and in the reviews where it seems like whatever back-end processing they're doing with Siri on the TV is, is better than what we've seen on mobile devices. So when, when, it, when it does hear you, it, it, it responds quickly, um, but it just doesn't always understand what you're saying. Yeah, that sounds about right. And, you know, universal search right now, which is really, again, the one and only thing it does, it, it is limited in and of itself. I mean, it's only a handful of providers that are hooked into it with you know, supposedly more coming. So right now, it, it, it's a cool demo. Like, what they showed on stage is the coolest thing you can do with it. And, you know, when that works, it is kind of neat. Like, you know, I've, I've done the whole, like, you know, hey, show me the top movies today. 
like show me the action ones or whatever. And it, like that that stuff is, you know, kind of cool. Um, but it's more of it's more of a neat demo than it is anything else. But does that work with uh work with is there a way to say basically only show me stuff on Netflix? Because if it's just showing you stuff on the iTunes movie store, that seems like that would be super unhelpful. I did, yeah, no, I did a search recently that was something like show me the most popular um, like comedies on Netflix or something. And I, I think that worked. I did that like right when I first got it. And I think the results were what I was expecting. I think it was all movies available on Netflix. Okay. So would you say overall it was worth the upgrade? For how you use it, not just the hypotheticals. Do you think it was worth it? Probably not. No, I mean okay. it. It's you know it 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 works for the way that I use it. it. It works largely the same as my old Apple TV did. Um, although you know I was I was watching a YouTube video tonight, and the this is the thing that Gruber really praises it for, which is the the video scrubbing being able to, you know, seamlessly skip to any point in the video, even if it's streaming, like on YouTube. And that, that part is really nice. Um, I guess it never really bothered me all that much on the old Apple TV because that's just not the way that I watch video. I don't, I don't usually bounce around a lot. But I, I, I did try that a little bit tonight, and it, it was nice. Um, and it, it, does, it does work really, really well. So, you know, that, that's... That's cool. It's 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 faster all all the way around, including with video scrubbing. So that that part is nice. But you know, is is it worth one hundred and fifty bucks if you've already got a perfectly working Apple TV? You know, probably not. Well, actually, on that note, do you want? Hmm, there's two ways that we can take this. So, do you want to talk about being an early adopter and maybe settling with limitations and bugs and kind of like an a, a underrealized promise of things or do you want to talk about how technology perhaps lasts too long well i think we we could maybe talk about both but i think this best ties into the the early adopter um topic you just brought up okay and so where this comes from is on this week's uh, episode of upgrade they had uh serenity caldwell on as a special guest she was great Ooh, she's good yeah very very good and one of the things that she said which just i don't know really just struck me was how as an early adopter we've just totally come to expect things to be broken at first and that's that's not a new idea you know going back to the conversation about video games i mean video games have been shipping broken for the last number of years and it's it's become a pretty big problem in a lot of cases so real quick can you make an edit cut here where you put in my whole thing about video games being too hard and then we'll resume right back. Yeah, we'll we'll splice that together for okay, sure. Because proving my point. I I draw I drop the marker. Um. But yeah, it's it's um it's not a new idea, but I guess just sort of hearing it again on upgrade, I just was thinking, man, what a bummer. Because it's it's totally true. Like whether it's hardware, whether it's software, whether it's some type of online service, almost anything tech related now ships broken and it's you know it's not until the point one release or even the 2.0 release if at ever you know if, if ever that you know the issues get resolved and that that's that's really a a sad state like i, I really do think and we we see it the most clear in video games i think but 
these hardware and software um, creators have really used the ability to push subsequent updates over the internet as a huge crutch. Because, you know, kind of like we were alluding to earlier, you know, it used to be where, you know, your software comes out, that's it. I mean, the, you, there's, there's no way to... Update the cartridge. Right. Um, so what, what, you, what you sent is, is what you were shipping, you know? And that's simply just not the case anymore. And I think because that, that crutch, to use that phrase again, is there, it just, it just gives, you know, I include Apple in this, I include both Microsoft and Sony in this with you know, the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Um, all this stuff just comes out basically broken, and that's, that's a real shame. So why don't, think you, why don't you think customers will ever be upset about it, or, or why do you think this persists? Because there's, there's, there's so much excitement about new products, especially in the tech space. People get so excited about you know, new Apple hardware or so excited about the new... Um, big game release. I mean, th- these are just things that people get really excited about. And so in their excitement, I think they, you know, want to pretend like things are going to just work. But then, you know, when they don't, it's, it's, you're, you're already committed. So, and then, you know, then the time two years later when you upgrade or buy the next game, you've, you've kind of forgotten about your experience with the first and you, you have that whole, rush of excitement again yeah i mean i kind of agree with you on this i don't necessarily i wouldn't go so far as to say most things are just completely broken i would say that well maybe maybe i would i don't know my two counter examples weren't really going to work ios 7 was broken for like six months and watch os 1 and even watch os 2 is still a completely half-baked product and this is I guess the level of maybe the hyper competitiveness of the technology space or whatever you'd want to call it is causing the reliability and polish that we used to expect from certain companies to go by the wayside in an effort to just pump out as many features as possible. Because generally, for the most part, and again, I don't want to look at this with like rose-colored glasses, but the like, I mean, because OS X had a lot of issues and it's at its beginning, generally because the software, the hardware couldn't keep up with the software for a while. But when a new feature came out with most Apple stuff, usually it worked pretty well. There wasn't this weird period where, oh, there's random reboots or this doesn't work or oh, this is coming soon. I don't know. It just it seems like a, like a new occurrence in the past like three years or so, where so many things are broken. And and just aren't really. And the thing is, I, I when it, when people buy all it, like I don't. While we would probably consider ourselves early adopters, I think a lot of people who expect things to be ready, are the ones who probably get hurt the most by this. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I I definitely would say that. I just don't know. It it's because you can't. It's like campaign finance reform and so many other things, like where you. You can't take a principal stand and want to fix the error of your ways or, or that kind of stuff unless you can be sure that everybody else is going to do the same thing because you're just putting yourself at a disadvantage. So if there was some like uniform pact where it was going to be like, nope, we're going to ship stuff when it's ready and we're going to put our whole ass into making products and it's going it's to be great. But unfortunately, that won't happen. I think that's an excellent way to put it.
Got to use the whole ass. Mm-hmm. That will not be the show title. That will that will not be the show title. No, fantastic. This is unless we unless we use dollar signs no, for the no. s's. You're not doing that. You're not Kesha. Then I'd, I'd consider that. I think it's pronounced Kesha. You can use "You're Not Kesha" as the show title. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then with that, um, yeah, we'll we'll keep it abstract. We'll talk about technology lasting too long. Okay. So this got brought up from me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As, as thought of by Carlos, yes. No, no, or like this this thought occurred to me based on uh, like my plasma is finally starting to die. What what do you what do you mean? What's happening? Um, whenever you're watching something that is predominantly white, like you know how sometimes you, like it, actually at the end of most Apple ads where there's just like the white uh the white background, maybe like a black apple or something. Um, the panel or the fans or something will make like kind of like a. a like you've heard like electrical whines, right? Yeah. Where there's like that high pitch sound. Whenever something is in- incredibly bright or light on screen, sometimes it'll be this like faint uh, whine on the screen. So I, I assume that means something in the TV is dying. No, that's, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. But I mean, overall, I was thinking like, oh man, I, okay, fine. We, we probably have to replace this like in the next year. But then I thought about it and this, I've had this TV for like six and a half years. That seems really good to me, or do I just have really low expectations? I, th- I think I think we have really. L- it's not even low expectations. It's just that we always want the latest and the greatest. No, I guess that's my point. I don't. Well, that's because that's because the old the old Carlos is 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 gone. Dead you're gone. you're you're yeah. no you're no longer Carlos Gomez. I'm I'm not. I'm, I'm a, it's in it's so many more ways than one. I'm just an old. I'm an old pain in the ass. Um. <laughs> But no, like the, the TV, like it, it's a TV that has served me extremely well. It, it still looks amazing. And this is like the only problem I've had with it in like six and a half years. So I guess my point is that like when I went into like the Best Buy um, like a week and a half ago or so, like looking at the brand new television sets, most of them, including like 4K and that kind of stuff, didn't really look that much better. Like it actually, in, in a lot of ways, my TV is still better, even with its, even with its annoying little... Uh, electric noise it's almost as good if not better in black levels it's still way better in motion it's still better yeah but you and i know even better than most that the setups in retail environments with tvs is is not usually ideal well i mean actually i think best buy does it pretty well in the sense that they they it's it's all hdmi and and it's it's properly amplified so the and they're playing it's not that you're not just watching like uh, compressed Comcast stuff. It's it's actually like good picture quality. So you're just I understand the color calibration and stuff is probably going to be off because they're blasting it to like showroom uh, levels. But like in terms of picture clarity and all that kind of stuff and black levels, it wasn't wasn't really impressive. So I I don't know. I was just very surprised that something like that holds up so long. And just in so like there's so many things that I have that are just that old. Like my scan snap is also six years old like so many things just i guess technology isn't advancing as much as 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 it used to and i'm just i'm just surprised by that my cinema display is going on six years old that's what i'm saying it's five five and a half years old now except that one is really old because it doesn't have 13.7 million pixels do it do it no um but yeah, I mean, and also like the the laptop. Other than uh, the fact that I bought a first generation Retina MacBook Pro with, that had this awful janky display, <laughs> it, 
in terms of like the actual computer, it was still faster than a laptop I bought three years later. Like it, things just aren't advancing as fast as they are as they were before, and I, I don't know. It's just it's it it impresses me, and I and I think that's weird and also uh, tricky and and confusing for the technology industry in I, general. I think I would I would caveat what I I agree partially with what you're saying, but I would caveat it with certain categories of technology are not as advancing as quickly. Well, so what do you think lasts longer than it people might give it credit for and advances at a slower pace than companies would want? I think TV, certainly. I think there was the huge rush to upgrade to HD TVs. And, you know, since then, it's basically been radio silence. Because it we... all seems like gimmicks, right? Because curved TVs and 4K, like none of this matters until you get to that like beautiful OLED TV we talked about. Yes. With with that ridiculous remote, yes, and I think I think you saw you saw something kind of similar, to, at least like with the gimmicky angle with laptops too. I mean, you had like ultra books and hyper thin books, or I mean, well, wasn't 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 ultra books just a code for not shitty, or like wasn't that like just Intel's way of saying this is a good computer? And I'm being completely serious, but it was like it was just a marketing buzzword because you know no longer was it a gigahertz race or yeah. Um, well, Intel put the put the stop to that because their level of comparability in terms of processing power and speed has nothing to do with gigahertz anymore. Right, but I guess what I'm just what I'm trying to say is that when there wasn't this kind of steady ramp that you could point to in terms of increased performance, these companies kind of turned to other kind of gimmicky ways to try to make it look like their products newer. Sure. But I think like, you know, so for like there's TVs and, and, you know, computers by and large, you know, those are areas that have, I think, started to evolve more slowly. But then you look at something like a smartphone and it's it's completely the opposite where the, the growth rate is even faster than anything I think we've ever seen um, on a computer or, or TV. That I would completely agree with. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird time to be alive. What a what a great time to be alive. Kind of. I miss Darth. What, is there some link I'm not? Yeah, he making? he 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 would he would um make that joke every once in a while. He or she. He or she. What a great time to be alive. Yeah. You think maybe it was because McDonald's came out with the all day breakfast thing, and that was you know that was sort of once that happened, it was kind of just like, well, what's the point? Well, no, they have free Wi Fi McDonald's. Well, yeah, but I mean, just I know that's that seemed to be the thing that he or she got most passionate about. So maybe you know, once that once that was resolved, it was just, you know the fire the fire was was out. Maybe he or she couldn't take the the price of his single Twitter share. Yeah, it could could be. Well, I think that didn't 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 Darth buy a second share? So now, oh, because he the... said he he believed in the company and then he quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my my poor Twitter stock. Ugh. Hopefully you just own a, shing- a, a single share. Hey, you know? I I wish. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, technology lasts too long. Um. And also, software is advanced. Is uh, sorry, software is uh, artificially and unnecessarily advancing too quickly. I still think uh, Apple needs to get off this weird uh, yearly OS ten release thing. Hmm. You think that's necessary? 
<sighs> I don't know. I, I don't know if I don't know if they could do that. I don't know if coming out with a major new release of iOS every two years is no no OS ten. Oh, OS ten. Sorry. Um. Yeah, they probably could get away with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, no. But I, iOS, I don't think they could. I don't think they could either. But I, I they need a. Yeah, iOS is. iOS needs a, a, a serious rethink. We're just gonna keep talking about abstract concepts, but I, I find it so weird that I don't understand how to operate multiple Apple devices at the same time. Like when you when you have force touch on, uh, or when you have three D touch or force touch on certain things, and you have like these long presses and things that work in certain ways on certain things, and only in certain screens that don't work on your uh, your iPad, and that don't work on the iPad Pro. That's a that's a whole entire generation newer, and all those things. Like it's just there's too many Apple because they keep trying to make these new hardware innovations is having to try to generate these weird new interaction design models that don't really need to be there and just make the interface more confusing one even even the way that apple's devices interact with one another is so abstract i mean like we've joked about on the show a couple of times i mean try to explain what icloud is and what it does and how it works you can't like and i still feel like I, i just noticed this the other day like i i've commented before how it seemed like only third-party app, or I'm sorry, only Apple's apps, only first-party apps, really truly stayed in sync across multiple devices, particularly with notifications. Uh, but like now, out of nowhere, Slack seems to do it. Like if when I read a message on my iPad, I no longer see a notification on my phone anymore, like I used to. So like that just kind of like works now. I, I and I I didn't change anything. That's been that way for like half a year. Yeah, but like, like when did when did that change? I guess because I think that was a, an iOS eight or iOS nine um, where you could retract push notifications. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that that stuff is getting better, but I just I don't know. I think just sometimes things they change for the sake of change when they really shouldn't, which adds a layer of complexity to it. Like just so like the iPad Pro is such a perplexing product to me for so many, for so many reasons, and in using it. It seems so strange that this like magical productivity device doesn't have 3D touch. It begins to make you question that: Do you even need 3D touch on on your phone? Because I'm not entirely sold in on on the peaking and popping stuff. I think most of that could have just been enhanced with like long presses. So, yeah, I still haven't really come across anything where 3D touch has been extremely useful or has you know dramatically changed the way that I use my phone. Or like, I guess maybe even a better way to put it is when I go to my iPad mini, which obviously doesn't have 3D touch, I don't, I don't for a second miss it. I mean, for me, the only times I ever use 3D touch are to do like a quick action shortcut, like to input an item into OmniFocus really quickly. Or if I'm inside TweetBot and I want to see the replies to a tweet rather than having to swipe, I can just uh, do a, a peek into that. But then when I'm trying to do that on a different type of device, it doesn't work and it just it it just kind of breaks down. And again, like it's not gonna end up being a type of UI convention that everybody's gonna embrace and make as an integral piece of their applications until it's on a very big part of the install base. So right now it's just it's 
it's just not going to be very good. I, you know. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. Oh well, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, let's, let's change this into something positive. Something, something positive. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at our list of topics, and I don't, I don't really see anything overly positive. I don't, I don't know what that says about us. Do you want to talk encryption? Oh, wait, is that, is that positive? Um, no, not at all. But let's, okay. let's do that. <laughs> okay. So we're not going to talk about the context of it because, I mean, we don't have anything to add. But but you understand why this is a conversation right now? Um, yeah. I mean, I I, I guess I do. Okay. So it's a, we won't really discuss that because again, nothing to add. But do you do you what is what are your thoughts on the renewed calls because of global events and and acts of violence that this is an opportunity for governments and politicians to seize upon the idea of weakening and eliminating encryption as an option for people as as a re, as a reactionary thing because I, I know you back in the uh, when we spoke about like the NSA stuff you had like a very hands off like you were just kind of like eh I'm not very interesting so I don't really care but I want to know what you think about encryption in particular well I think people should have the right to encrypt their data even if I personally don't have a strong desire to it's absolutely something people should have the right to. And I think it's hard to make an argument that by let's I mean, let's take it to the extreme by outlawing encryption or or by allowing the government to have some type of you know master key to to decrypt information. It's it's not that alone is not going to solve the problems that we face today. That the fact that data is encrypted is not is not the cause of today's events. And it's hard it's hard to say for sure that you know if governments had access to encrypted data if things would be different. It's possible I suppose, but it, it doesn't seem that doesn't seem like a sh- uh, a surefire thing. And I think that's a that's an awful big risk and that's an awful big thing you're giving up as an individual for something that probably doesn't even solve the, the the problems that we're facing today anyway. So would you stand, like, would you, if this ever, like, I, I know it won't because this this country can't deal with it, but, like, if this became, like, because I think of all the dumb things that in the early stages of this presidential election, like, the the debates and campaigns we'll talk about, like, if this actually somehow made it into being like a significant point of contention or like an issue that was actually debated, would you change who you would want to support or vote for based on their position on allowing or or not defaulting to looking for shady backdoors on encryption in the name of making the country safer when it's really just a way for the government and law enforcement to have backdoors that could be abused? I don't know. I just seem to take a very like this. This is one of those issues where I I think it's kind of a, a non-negotiable issue. That I think it's just insane that any any government. Well, I understand why a government would want to do it, but where any self-respecting person who's a politician would say that they would put vague, like cryptic, uh, possibilities of thwarting crime. And in saving lives ahead of the personal liberties and 
security and privacy of every innocent person. I don't know. When I think, you know, I, one of the, one of the things that I I think a lot about with with this type of stuff is it's it's a shame that we only have these conversations at times like these. You know, I think I think where the real the real good dialogue happens is when you're not responding to a crisis. I mean, obviously you know, it's it's you have to be sensitive to being reactionary at times like this. And that's you don't always really get the most thought after um result or the best dialogue when you're when you're being reactionary and so yeah i yeah I, w- I would love to see topics like this being discussed all the time not not just at a time of crisis but i guess my point is that isn't most aren't most laws and uh expansions of powers like uh like because we've studied this we i was, I was, I was gonna say that I've, i vividly remember a, a class in college that you and i were were in together to talk about this like, doesn't this generally, don't most expansions of powers happen during times of war or like reactionary periods such as this? They do, but I'm, I'm saying that it's, I don't think that's the best way to, to go about it. Yes, it happens, but I, I don't think you necessarily get the best result as a result of that. Well, of course not, but hmm. yeah, I guess I'm not sure what I'm asking for, but I don't know. I seem like this for me. This is one of those issues where I just, I just think it's, it's absolutely nuts. Much in the same. Uh, yeah, we're, we're not going to have a Second Amendment debate on here. But <sighs> anyway, we'll we'll move on because this, this will uh, get into some weird non PC areas. <laughs> and I don't and I don't mean PC in the way that Tim Cook means it. No. On that note, I'm sure we have other Apple stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, we do. There was the whole um, Mac App Store, well, it's kind of not really tied in, but sort of tied in the security certificate problem. Um, did, did, did you see this when, when this happened last week, late last week? Did, did this affect you? It did in the sense that uh, a couple of apps that I use and I purchased from the Mac App Store would say, uh, and I'd get a little pop-up window from the Mac App Store saying that you purchased this on a different computer, please reauthorize it. Right. I didn't get any of the, uh, this this app is damaged, any of us trash it, but I did get, um, I'd get a warning that like acting like I didn't purchase what I'd already purchased. Yeah, I, I got the same and tried restarting my MacBook Pro, that didn't fix it re-entered my apple id password and that did so but yeah i mean how how bizarre no not bizarre i mean it 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 just seems like a lack of care again for a company that's doing too much well well bizarre in the sense that it's it's amazing that in a a company like apple nobody thought of that because again uh, it's it's stuff like this when when rights management in (laughs) this goes back to so much of what i what i get angry about of when stuff that you've legally paid for or stuff that you've done the right way and you still get dinged for doing things the right way. You know what I mean? Hmm. Or does that not make sense? I I, I kind of follow maybe. Like in the sense of like of, of of just DRM in general where it makes everything more cumbersome whereas had you just stolen it you wouldn't have any of those issues. Hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah, that's a, it's a I, I, it's a cynical way to think, but like, I, I just think that like if 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 you're in charge of uh, 
administrating something where people pay for digital goods, it damn well better work all the time. Because if, if I get this weird pop-up, like, I didn't purchase a $20 app, like, if, like, when I, it's acting like I didn't pay for TweetBot, it, it should really, I don't know. I'm full of anger today and, and very, very little uh, confidence. I can tell. Are you going to be okay? It's fine. Yeah, it's just been a weird week. Hmm. Anyway. Again, think of something fun. We got to, we got to do something fun. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly looking at our topics this week. And, and Again, it's... no, don't think, don't think about that. Tell me about something you're excited about. What made you happy this week? I'm excited about the holidays. Okay. Why is that? I like I like the holiday season. Uh, food, gift giving. What's what's your thing? Um, the food is definitely. Oh, nice. oh, 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 hold on, hold on. I know why you're excited. Oh, it's about okay. It's it's Buble Radio. Well, I mean, it's because no, no, it's because instead of it being Sugar Ray all the time on the top forty radio, it's all Michael Buble in every store on every corner all the time. So truth be told, I actually do subscribe to the idea that listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving is too soon. So it 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 is not yet Michael Bublé radio. That that will that will start to happen uh come, you know, a little over a week and a half from now. Um but that 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 has not that has not yet started. How many times in your lifetime would you estimate honestly that you've heard uh, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas? I mean, I've I've heard it six or seven times in one evening. So um, okay, extrapolate. So so a lot. I'm thinking at least three thousand for me. Yeah, I mean that that's a high number, but it also doesn't sound unreasonable. Been alive almost three decades. Seems well. Hold on, how long has she been alive? Or when did that song came out? That's a, it's a while ago now. All I want for Christmas, Mariah. Released 1994. Okay, so all, all all the years I wasn't really uh, online, or <laughs> right before before you got hip. No, back at like eight, ages one through five, you're not really uh, doing a whole lot of archiving of uh, pop culture memories. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, I I'm I'm excited about the the holiday season. I, this is it's a fun it's a fun time of year, and we I feel like we really I mean I guess we just say this every year, um, but Seems like we really we hit the ground running this year. Like I was out. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the show or not. I I was out Halloween evening, which was a Saturday this year, and like as we were walking home, we passed by a couple of uh, a couple of like stores, and they already had all their Christmas decor ready to go for like that next morning, November first. Which you know, I guess that is sort of like the you know unofficial start to the holiday season is like the day after halloween but i don't know it seemed like we just really just really got it going early this year i think that just happens all the time i think it's 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 just perpetually christmas come october ish i think uh, costco starts in october and everything else just follows suit I, th- I just think that there's very little separation of the holidays i think in the united states it's once uh I had a picture of this on Instagram, and I don't know where to find it anymore. But um, it was a picture of in Target. Uh, you saw you saw all the clearance Halloween stuff, and then you saw all the Christmas displays behind it, <laughs> <laughs> like 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 uh, Frosty the Snowman was going to attack uh, all the Halloween stuff. Like it seems like November first is when uh, there's kind of the universally declared um, it's it's Christmas time. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, and yeah, we can celebrate with our uh, red cups with no uh, Christmas ornaments on them. Yeah, I was... I don't, I don't understand that controversy, if I, there even was one. It, there are just so many things more worth putting your attention towards. It's... Yeah. Do you know what my real uh, Starbucks controversy is? What's that? Still no Apple Sp- uh, Apple Pay support. Well, that, that's coming soon, though, they've said, right? Eh, allegedly. Yeah. Because they've wound down their Square partnership. And the... Have you done the, the mobile app ordering yet with them? No. I have... It's, you know... So it's been on my kind of list of things to try, but... And the, this is really lame. You're not going to like this, but I've I've really tried to stop buying coffee. So I, I, I've had a Keurig for a long time, which, you know, listeners of the show would, of course, know. Oh, so you're not trying to stop drinking coffee. Oh, no, goodness, no. Um, okay. Jeez. Uh, but and I, and I also have um, a milk frother now at home. Um, and actually, I, I bought that um, two months ago now, and I, I haven't purchased a single cup of coffee since. So, um. So no, I, I haven't had the opportunity to try um, the, the the Starbucks mobile ordering, but I, I definitely want to. I have like twenty seven dollars on my Starbucks card thing on my iPhone. Well, to you, that's like Confederate money. Because <laughs> right. again, you're, tra- you're trying you're trying to win yourself off uh, coffee, so that's going to get you right back in there. Unless you spend it all on breakfast sandwiches, which is for me m- most of the point of Starbucks because I don't like their coffee, so it's all double smoked bacon. Oh, oh. <laughs> what? I mean, I, 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 I don't disagree with the coffee point, but oh, you like you like the food, the breakfast sandwiches. I like it's, it's not bad for four dollars. It's Ugh. not bad. Ugh. What what is the alternative? Just not not eating there, having a bowl of cereal with all that sugar. You can have cornflakes or Cheerios or something. Have you looked at the sugar content of Cheerios and cornflakes? Yeah, uh, regular regular Cheerios. There's there's nothing. Yes, there is. B- barely. Cornflakes, I think, have, have some, but still not much. How many grams of sugar are in a serving of Cheerios? Is this a live demo of Siri? Let me check that. The answer is about 7.47 grams squared. Okay, so that's not no sugar. Well. Yeah, anyway, again, as becoming are you, are you, man, you trying Are you trying to do a no sugar thing? No, no, it's just, have you, have you looked? Again, this is my old manness. Like, there's just crap tons of sugar and everything oh there there totally is yeah and i um I, what with the lady friend we watched that documentary fed up a, oh so, know, so, did, so did back. we yeah so oh yeah we we were all about not doing that for like a week and then we forgot about it i've yeah i don't i don't have quite the same um passion towards it that i did right after watching it but it is something that i definitely still pay more attention to i i am much more conscious about it and also i'm trying to eat fewer processed foods or just like Right. I'm trying to make more um, meaningful and sensible snacking. Right. So, yeah, that, that Katie Kirk doing America a solid. Mm-hmm. That was a good documentary. I it was fantastic. Yes. You didn't watch. Uh, you haven't seen Food Inc., have you? I haven't, but um... do not watch it. Oh, don't. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not that it's a bad movie. It's just uh, it's uh, not. You won't make sure you've eaten beforehand. Hmm. Okay. Well, no. Let's keep keep going on the holidays. This is, this is good stuff. Yeah. No. Um. Well, we'll cut out all the all the boring, meandering other stuff in the show, or or we'll or we'll put this at the front. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at like the list of things that we've talked about because you know as you know I, I I take notes during the show now and 
weird weird a range of topics but you know oh well <laughs> um it's okay you can, you can carefully and meticulously input chapter markers here so people can uh can just get right to the holiday season stuff exactly i feel like the, the nice thing about the holiday season is it's the one thing that eases the pain of it getting dark at four forty-five every day I, I will have to say that I am a sucker for a uh, Christmas light, like lit street. Absolutely. And I, well, and we've, we talked on the show last year, as you'll recall, I'm, I'm a big fan of the way that my Christmas lights look in my apartment. I very, I very much enjoy that type of lighting. Do you have a picture of that? I, I am not aware of that. Um, we, we, we had a weird conversation about it on the show last year. Um, did, did we? I remember, I remember the glow stick episode, but. You should try listening every once in a while. I told you I did. <laughs> your your biannual uh, five five minute listen. No, no, it's 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 a bi monthly, uh, twenty minute quality inspection. Little, little, little check in, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, you got you got to test you got to test the code. It's it's, it's what gotta, uh, yeah. This 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 podcast is socks compliant. <laughs> Nobody's gonna understand that joke. Yeah, some some people will. I think one person anyway. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I the the whole Christmas decor is is very nice. Um and it's 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 a it's a bright spot to an otherwise literally yeah, dark part of the year. Not not a, not a fan of it getting dark as early as it does. Really really don't enjoy that. I absolutely love it. Oh, that's bizarre. It's just the absolute best. It it is nice that it gets light early in the morning, um but um not not a fan of the the early dark evenings. Oh, no, it's so good because the t- the days when it it doesn't get uh dark out until like eight forty five, I just can't take it. It took you a while to figure out what clapping hands was, wasn't it? It did. Yeah, it, it really did. <laughs> yeah, you sent you so you you sent me a picture just now, and before the show, we were talking about how you know you can type out emojis in Slack, which is great. And I I'd, I'd forgotten you could do that. And I, for some reason, I was thinking that emoji was applause. No, it's clapping hands. Yeah. Wait, no, actually, it's, no. It's, hold it's, on. Just, it's just clapping, or just, it's, oh. it's just clap. I think. Yes. Yeah, it's just clap. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, accounting themed license plates are always a uh, make for good internet. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, the holidays are, holidays are always nice. Do you do, do you take a, a stand on the uh, you don't have to state it here, but uh, on the Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays thing, or do you just not care? It, it, it's like when you're making a greeting for somebody you don't know. What do you say? Um, I guess I, I guess I I guess I would say probably Happy Holidays if I if I didn't know the person at all. Hmm. Um. But I also like I, I I like the Starbucks cup thing. I I just would rather spend my energy elsewhere well no that's dumb i mean i mean that whole thing that that's just made up and also it's just silly but yeah i don't know i just say happy holidays because just who who cares i do like that uh, i enjoy that there's a season of the year where there's a nice uh greeting you can say that's not good morning or, or good afternoon or hey man <laughs> uh yeah I'm, I'm trying to wean myself off hey man or, or how's or how's it going yeah i've been trying to get a little bit better about that too Trying to get better with names. Okay, well, let's. Oh, well, we're, okay, we're going to talk about. You're this. Scott, right? Uh, are are you are you Adam? Uh, yes. Yes. So you look nice today. Reference. 
still holds up. I'm waiting for them to post the uh, live episode they did at XOXO. That's coming soon. That's going to be good. Um, yeah, I am awful at names. It takes me forever to to know your name. And I'm not somebody who, because I, I haven't figured out how to repeat somebody's name in conversation to try to burn it into my brain without sounding like a gigantic, it's uh, kind of a big jerk. I don't know. So that's that's always tricky. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. Especially when that person knows your name and you don't know theirs. Yeah, or certain people are just uh extremely good about that. And there are also some people who have just mastered the art at something that I I wish I could of of weaving names into conversation where it sounds like they're being not f- like falsely friendly or like uh fakely sincere, but that they're just gregarious like happy people right Uh, those people are the worst i couldn't agree more (laughs) except they're the best and i envy them (laughs) on that note actually do you uh we'll wrap this up with a uh a weird uh side topic okay (laughs) yeah i mean yeah our our first weird side topic of the show yeah again we're, we're we're just gonna i want you to invert this episode and just play it backwards except uh you know what I mean? Okay. No. Well. Yeah. We'll. We'll just. We'll. We'll cut some things together, and it'll be fine. Sure. Um. So, what was? Do you? When you read anything, do you hear the words in your own voice? Yes. Do you know any? Have you ever asked? Any, or have you ever talked to anybody about this? And do you know anybody who doesn't? No. I. I this is not a topic of conversation I've ever had. <laughs> Okay, so I heard about it this week, uh, and there's apparently uh, something called subvocalization, is what it's called, which is is sounding words as you read them, and there are a number of people who don't do that, and they just interpret the words as they are on the page, and they don't get slowed down by the internal narration of your own voice reading them. I've always wondered if I knew anybody who could actually do that. Hmm. Yeah, it just seems uh seems nuts that and and when when you and you think in words as well, right? Yeah, I in, I, in your own I voice. Do. I do. And I think in general, I I actually retain information much better through audio. So like You mean by you speaking or just by thinking in your own words? No, by like by hearing others as opposed to reading it myself. Like the the example would be like with the economist, I almost always just listen to the audio version as opposed to reading. So in that case, do you do you, uh, have you explored much into audiobooks? I, I I have some, yeah. Do you find that to be a better experience, or do you think that I find it to be a better experience um, with uh, nonfiction? But with fiction, for some reason, I, I I like actually reading the book. I know, I I can't really tell you why, but I the only audiobooks I've ever really enjoyed have been nonfiction. Okay. And when you read, you read everybody in your own voice. Yes. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. All right. That's something I've been asking everybody for like the past week since I heard it. And, and, and everybody's giving you the same response. Only one person has claimed that they, that they don't. And you, and you were skeptical of this person. Yes. Because I just, I just don't believe it. Do you, do you want to out them out here or, or no? No, no, you don't know them. Okay. And I'll, well, not that they would listen to this, but no, I'm not going to do that. Okay. I, that's that's commendable yeah seems crazy do what do you do you think uh and one we'll wrap up with one final tangential point what about people who speak multiple languages 
do you think there's any logic in terms of what language they think in? I I can't even tell you as someone who has struggled to learn a second language and has has been just incredibly unsuccessful. I I could not even begin to to speculate. Okay. I'm the same way because I can't ever, no matter how hard I try to learn a second language, I think in English first, which absolutely ruins it for me. And I just get frustrated and stop. Yeah. When my trip to Europe earlier this year, I was starkly reminded at how lame it is that I only know one language. And I'm really jealous of people who know, you know, more than one. I, I can, I can agree with that, but that's, yeah, I, I can agree with that. Hmm. Hmm. And with that, we should call it a show. All right. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody.